Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Hello, Cal. How are, how are you this fine evening? I'm not too bad, thanks. Yourself, Dan? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, are you all back from Malta safely and everything? Yeah, back back home now, back home. Um, it's a lot colder here than it was in Valletta, I'll be honest. <laughs> when did you get? Was it yesterday you got back? Or? So, last night, yeah. So, straight into work at nine o'clock this morning. So, oh, it never, never ends, never stops. No rest, no rest. Fair enough. Um, means you didn't get to go to um, either of the big Villa games this week. No, unfortunately, I wouldn't have been able to have gone to the Netherlands anyway because I'm oh, a season so. ticket holder. Yeah. Um, um, but but I remember it was funny actually after the European game that we'll talk about. Um, I remember walking back out of Valletta and you know where you walk because you, you sort of there's only really sort of one way in and out of the main yeah. part of Valletta and you walk back out towards the fountain. I was just there thinking to myself going, I absolutely love it in this city. It's probably one of my favourite cities I've ever been to. But God, what I give to be at Villa Park on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. And, uh, just leave a day sure. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh man, just what a what a go to go. So I'm going to the home game in a couple of weeks I'm against Day's Ed, and I'm just so excited to go back again. Um, so fair enough. But yeah, um, very good. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, obviously Blues and Villa both had two games this week. We both have very different weeks. One of us is going to be a lot happier than the other this week. One team season just keeps going like that. And <laughs> Another is um it is not. But we'll get into all that later and then we'll preview our weekend games as well. But first, as always, we'll start with what we're wearing. So Callum wears a villa shirt from his, his big collection of villa shirts. I'll wear one of my blue shirts from my big collection of blue shirts. And we just talk about when we got the shirt, our memories of that season, um, what we think of the kit now, looking back and so on. Um so yeah, should we get into it? Yeah, neither of us have gone for a home kit this week. This no, might yeah. be the, the first time in a while we've mm. we haven't we've both gone. Uh, I've, I've got more home, home kits than away though, for sure. Which is why, if it seemed like more of a home leaning uh, vibe the last few weeks. Oh, I'm trying to think about my split. Mine could be fairly fifty fifty. I reckon it's like. 60, I've got into 40. a bit of a bad habit in the last couple of years. I've got a bad habit of getting more than one kit in a season. So I've almost there's a good selection of kits where I've got the home and away, maybe even another one. Yeah, yeah. So So um, what season you're I'm gonna guess you're wearing? So it's a white kappa kappa? Kazoo kit. Yeah. Premier League era. This is really recent because it's something to do with I remember it's something to do with like the map of Birmingham or something. Weird for a club that doesn't uh, have the name. But yeah, anyway. it's like the map of the West Midlands. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I'm going to say that's <laughs> last season's third kit. No, no, it's oh, not. Season before? It is, this is, no, um, no, this is the lockdown season. Oh, this wow. is the third kit from the lockdown season. So, well, Jack Greenish bought this kit. Um, so, it's a bit I older than maybe, maybe I think you thought it was. Mm, yeah, I remember yeah, it being released. Um, a season where we actually had a really good season. There's a, few, a load of standout results from that season. Um, so, some of them, especially at home, we started the season very, very well. Um, this kit, we didn't, is one of a couple of kits where we didn't win a league game in this kit. Right. At all. Um, but we did get a draw away at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, in this shirt where uh, and where Ghazi scored we were really good on the night and this is a time of course where Chelsea were I mean they won the Champions League this season so mm. um, but again I think we spoke last week when we when I wore another third kit how we almost don't really need three kits and when you have three kits you tend to have one that just isn't really worn yeah 
And this yeah. that was this one. We didn't wear it a whole amount. Like I'm trying to think off the top of my head. We wore it away at Anfield. We wore it at Stamford Bridge, weirdly. Um, we wore it away at Crystal Palace. Um, but yeah, there's the main memory I have of this kit is we wore it in the League Cup and on Bertrand Traore's day, you scored this fantastic wonder volley against Bristol City and we won like 3-0 or something. Um, that's sort of the main memories of this kit. I remember Jacob Ramsey wearing this shirt as well. Oh, and we wore it away at West Ham where we lost, but Jack, we were brilliant and somehow lost. Um, uh, and Jack Rudish got a great goal and... And that. It was a game. It, it tended to be a kit we played really well in, but never actually got a good result in. Like we wore it at Burnley, oh, okay. where we battered Burnley and lost three two. Um, so it's not a kit with great memories, but I do love the shirt. Uh, it's a very mm. very new addition to my collection. Um, I don't really understand the like blue and lime part of it. Yeah, like the, the, the colours weird. Yeah. This well, yeah, like the badge, the Kappa logo, and the sponsor is all in like this navy blue. But then it's got a, like a lime trim down the side, and then the collar mm. is mostly lime, apart from this weird bit, this one small part of it that isn't. Um, it is quite a cool one. Maybe we'll get a player on the back of it at some point. We shall see. So now, what have you gone for, Dan? That looks relatively recent. Adidas, which obviously yes. means it's not one of maybe the last four or five seasons. Is that the yellow kit you wore at Villa Park in the four two? It is, yes. This is um so what year do you think that was? Oh, that would have been eighteen nineteen, because that was our promotion season. Yeah, bang on. So this was our 2018, uh, 2019 away shirt, the yellow Adidas with the, the blue stripes on the shoulders and Triple Eight Sport as the sponsor. And um, love this kit. I or like this is the yellow blues kits. I did one from I wore a yellow away kit from a couple of years ago. Like a few a uh, few weeks ago now, probably six seven weeks ago. Um, this is like a blues yellow away kit is like iconic, but I'm kind of glad we don't have it every season. It feels really special when it comes along every few seasons, and this like yellow Adidas, you know, like really just classic blues, like kind of throwback to like the sort of eighties blues kits. Um, with Adidas as the kit maker, yeah, absolutely love it. Simple, nice collar. Um. It maybe would have been cool if these stripes carried out some of the Adidas kits we had like the the stripes would then carry on down like sort of to the wa- like on the waist as well to the waist as well sort of down the side um oh so that was cool and I think that'd be cool if this kit had that as well um but otherwise just yeah really like it really sleek uh my sponsor's starting to kind of fade away a bit now after a few years like, I suppose the kit is about five years mm-hmm. old now which is pretty mad but um yeah, love this kit. We had um, a bit of a variation on it the following season where, what was our awake at the following season? Oh, we had the uh, sort of black charcoal one and I was talking when I wore that right. about how apparently that was a bad look charm and apparently that was something going on. <laughs> so we used like a, for a while, we used a modified version of this kit at times as well the following season. So it was the same, but we had Boyle Sports as the sponsor instead. Um, so it was one of them where it wasn't officially a kit from that season, but we just wore it. Sometimes anyway. And yeah, some good memories from this season. I'm pretty sure we this was the year we had the points deduction and Gary Monk was the manager and stuff. But I'm pretty sure um wore this uh, we did wear this at Villa. I'm pretty sure we wore it away at West Brom as well. But we wore it uh, at QPR when we won four three, when we were four 0 up at half time. And QPR pulled it back to four three and then Lee Camp saved the penalty in the last minute. I'm sure we wore it that day. Um so we had some good some good times in this kit for sure. Um unfortunately we didn't win the derbies in this one. But uh yeah, great kit. <laughs> and I wish we had kits this good all the time. My main memory of that shirt is Alan Hutton just like becoming Diego Maradona for about 30 oh. seconds right towards Horrible. that whole end. I'll try and block that out. The only <laughs> thing maybe as well, I mentioned the stripes, it would be really cool if do you remember like on some of our, our like our home kit this year, for example, we had more of a, a solid color, kind of like what you on your kit now. I think more of a solid color and not blue actually could be re- could look really nice yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, huge fan, I must say, huge fan. Shall we? Um, shall we get into uh, a retrospective on the week that was retrospective? Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to start with? Blues because you played first. Yeah, I um, think. 
can do we're gonna do it a little differently to how we sometimes do it. So we both yeah. obviously both teams played two games this week, but we're just gonna cover sort of both the blues games in one and then both the villa games in one because obviously a lot of similar stuff going on, a lot of similar ground to cover on both games. Um so we've just had a, a terrible week, genuinely terrible. Um so we played Hull last <laughs> win so we, we played Hull on Wednesday and we lost two nil and then we played Southampton on Saturday and lost three one. So here we are in the Wayne Rooney era. He's had three games. Lost. But you did. I'm sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, but you did call it last week that Jaden Philogene, the former Aston youngster, would score in the whole game. You called <laughs> I it. Did. I did. Uh, I'm pretty sure someone who knows nothing about football, like you say, name three things about football. Someone knows absolutely nothing. They'll be like, name, name just three things you could say about football. They'll be like, oh, Pele, Maradona, and. Um, uh, James Philogene Bidet scores against Birmingham City every time he plays against them. <laughs> it's just the <laughs> fact of life. Um, but yeah, we're three games into the Rooney era. He's lost every game. He's um, how many goals have we conceded? Seven, I think. Scored one. So um, yeah, it's not been ideal. It's not been ideal, man. Um, so obviously, we were coming off the back of the Middlesbrough game. Well, he tried to mix it up a bit and went to a bit of a 4-3-3 and we were really poor by all accounts that game. Hall went into the Hall game and he went for what seemed like more of a... It was kind of like a 4-3-3, but with one sitting midfielder and then two, like, you know, more advanced midfielders. So it was almost like a 4-1-4-1, it looked like to me. Um, mm-hmm. And we were just very open all game. Uh, he, he mixed a few things up, put Stansfield back in. Up front, Bakuna came back in. But made a rod for our own back right, you know, 10 minutes in almost. We actually had a good start, actually. The first 10 minutes were good. Ollie Burke started, and he actually was the best he's played. I've been a bit critical of him since he's came in. But he's probably the best he's played. He was putting some really good balls and getting in really good positions. And we seem to be trying to hit it long from the keeper straight to him as like a big target man and get the ball to him. And that's actually what kind of led to the first goal for that hole was that John Ruddy hit a long ball up to tried to hit a long ball up to Burke. It's not worked. The ball's come back. We're playing a really high line. And the ball's bounced back to Manny Longello at left back. And he's let the ball bounce over his head, which is okay. Turns, tries to play a pass back to Ruddy, and he, it's way too weak. And the Hallman's nipped in, got the ball, taken it around Ruddy and scored. It's just you know, you're already one 0 down after like twelve minutes, and we'd started all right. And then the rest of the night was um it was dreadful, didn't it? It's probably the worst home performance. Definitely, definitely the worst home performance. Probably the worst performance of the season in general. Um, certainly the ones that I've I've seen. Um, and it just wasn't how it was supposed to be. Like you know, you sometimes get like a uh, your new manager's first home game. It's normally a really good vibe. The Tilton, the lower Tilton, was open for the first time uh, since it's rebuilding. Um, and yeah, we, but we were dreadful after that. We really created nothing. Philogene Bidet's got a late goal. Or I say late goal, was about 70 minutes in, I think, from range in the second half. We never looked like threatening. We never looked like equalising. Great finish. Great finish, to be fair. Very good finish. Um, subs didn't change the game. Like, Jukovic came on, and not through, I don't think, any fault of his own, but didn't really have that impact at all. Um, I, don't even, I don't think I even got on the pitch, actually. Um, uh, yeah, just... Really subpar. I think apparently Tom Wagner flew in for the game. Apparently, um, uh, just yeah, it was you know a night game. Fireworks going off before kickoff. If we got an early goal or got something, I reckon people would have really got got up for it. But it just didn't happen at all. I thought we were very open and deserved to lose. And Liam Rossini, we've talked about him on here before, was obviously Rooney's assistant at yeah. Derby. He's got a big. I really think he's got a big future. Like. The improvement in that whole team, they look pretty good. They could be a dark horse this year. Um, so yeah, it was one to forget for sure. And then at the weekend, we played Southampton. So I was telling you about, um, I was, I was work, it was an early kickoff and live on Sky, but I was working. So I recorded the game, turned my phone off, <laughs> waited, then watched it that night as like a, as if it was live. And yeah, that was a, yeah, sobering experience. Um, <laughs> like I, I can relate so hard to doing that I, I haven't done it in years the only time I actually remember doing it excuse me was the um, 
I remember doing it for a Premier League game and it was the game where Eduardo broke his leg when we played Arsenal and we drew 2-2 and uh, William mm-hmm. Gallas cried on the pitch. So that was like a really memorable game. <laughs> like a really, But this was just, yes, the first half was probably as bad as it's been. They just we looked just he made really made a few changes, went to more of a, a four three three again, more of like a, a more of a sit in three, it felt like, certainly in comparison to the whole game. Started Yukovics and Burke, uh, and then he was on the other wing, Dembele. So really, really has tried kind of he started with a different striker in every game that he's managed for one. Emmanuel Iwu came in for Kevin Long, uh centre back for his first start for the club. But first half, we're two 0 down at half time. And we were Southampton actually ran rings around us. You know, they look like a team now that they've had a bit of a bad run at the start of the season, but they look like, you know, they'll be right up there come come the end of the season now. And so the game was kind of almost it felt like it was over at half time. But but Southampton's first goal was offside. Uh I think that's kind of a fact. It, it is a fact. It's clear it, to me it's offside hundred percent. And we categorically should have had a penalty. One, I don't know if you've seen it, the foul on Burke in the first half. Uh, it's, I, it's I can, I can quickly check it out. <laughs> Go for it. Um, the uh, I think there was a similar... Was it was it Man United Wolves when Onana just like absolutely wiped a man out and everyone was kicking off about how a penalty wasn't given? It's such a similar yeah. thing. Burke's gone to chase a ball and Gavin Pazunu's ran out and he's nowhere near... Like, never going to get the ball. He absolutely wipes him out completely. It's quite dangerous. And I don't know what it's decisions like that that you don't even know what the ref is seeing, you know, like what is the ref seeing to not give that? It's absolutely clear as day. So we were hard done by, but we were clearly second best in every department as well. So you can only complain so much. Uh, second half, we showed a bit more fight. Um, Jay Stansfield got subbed on and scored within a minute. Have you just seen it? Judging off your reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the foul. That's a yeah. dude. <laughs> It's literally like that Onana one, isn't it? It's my god. Yeah, it's crazy. It's mental. Um, yeah, staggering. But um, yeah, second half, Jay Stansfield came on and scored after like a minute, uh, no more than a minute. Felt even quicker, to be honest. Brilliant finish, won the ball back. Dukey, like it's been a long ball. Duke's got a flick on, and the ball's found its way to Stansfield, and he hits a brilliant shot into the top right corner. And from there, we actually were better. The second half of Southampton was probably the best we've played. Under Rooney, I'd argue. Um, but we're all, you know, we're already 2 0 down. We're already chasing the game. So Hanson haven't got to go for it, you know. Um, yeah. But then towards the end, kind of, Hanson killed it off. Adam Armstrong gets another goal uh, against us. And it was one of the goals where I think the extent of our problems really showed. So the balls came in from Southampton's like left. So our right back has let the cross in. The ball goes to the opposite post and uh, they they win a header. So our left back has been beaten to a header. Yeah. And then it comes back into the centre and Mark Roberts, our centre-back, is nowhere near Adam Armstrong and he finishes it off. So it's like almost every defender was responsible for something. Um, yeah. I think it just shows the root of our problems. This is not going to be an easy fix. And it just feels like that sort of end of the useless era of the last couple of games feel like so long ago now. But I think... I think Rooney, Rooney has to take some accountability, and I'm sure he will. Uh, you know, of course, a large degree of it, but our away form's been terrible all season. I think we drew our first away game, won our second one, and then I think we've lost every other one since, every single one. Um, so that problem is before... You know, I went to Norwich away a few weeks ago, and that performance there was no better than um, this one here, and that was under Eustace. And... Like how account like things like the Longello mistake in the Hall game. How what what what's Rooney meant to do about that? Like you know a left no, back just yeah. completely screwing up the pass. Longello, I don't mean to dig him out because I do like him, but he, he's been very poor, very very poor the last few games. Not just him. There's been quite a few that have been really underperforming. But so things like individual mistakes like that. Like what is Rooney meant to do about that? Some small positives. We were better in the second half against Southampton. Ollie Burke, Ollie Burke, sorry, I think he's been playing better. I think he's improved a lot. Um, 16-year-old Ramel Donovan got came on for a quick debut against Hall, so that was um, that's always good to see. I thought Emmanuel Iwu in his first start actually did pretty well against Southampton. I thought he was okay. Um, so it's been rough. It's hard to find 
too many positives and we've got two really hard games coming up next. But we've got to give them time. This is like, get through this. We've seen it with teams like Middlesbrough had a really bad start to the season and are now really picking up. Southampton couldn't defend at all a few weeks ago. And look at them now. They had 800 passes against us. So let's just give them time. Let's get through it. I think some of it's been a, a complete overreaction in terms of some of the kind of, I don't know, it's been bad and it has been bad, but there was always a chance this was going to happen. So let's just try and get through it. A game on Saturday, let's get beyond Rooney, get beyond the team and just try to ride this wave out. Before before we move on to Villa quickly, Dan, just from what I saw on uh, the old, I was going to say Twitter, but it's X, isn't it? On the old X. That doesn't, that doesn't roll off the tongue at all, but... After I think it was after the whole game. Yes, it would have been after the whole game. It looked like as Wayne Rooney walked down the tunnel, he got a little bit of abuse from one of the stands, or a few. There was certainly a few clips going viral of "f off back to America" and like yeah. that was definitely one of them. I can't remember what the other one was, so I don't want to put words in people's mouths, so to speak. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you heard any. Of, any of it or I, I didn't um so I was uh I um I, I'm for one I'm not on Twitter and all that anymore so I don't actually see a lot of this stuff that kind of goes viral and whatever but um no so I didn't see it but I have heard about these videos going around and stuff and um and and stuff like that I mean you know, no one needs me to tell them or you to tell them that's just completely uh, completely out of order like it's just crazy um you know it's bad but like it's it's football at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, it's like I just don't one of your own as well. He's you know he's the manager of our team. To do it to anyone's one thing, but to do it to like a manager of your own team is crazy to me. A new manager as well, like yeah. And like, he didn't sack team, John Eustace. <laughs> no, exactly, no, exactly. And it's not his fault that he's got. I get what people say when they don't agree with him being appointed, and they go, "Oh, you know, it's it's he's there because of his name and so on." Well, that's not his fault, you know. Um, so no, I, I don't agree with any of that. Uh, ne- never acceptable, and cer- certainly not after two games. You know, I find that absolutely crazy. So no, not on board with that at all. You know, like because we're not talking like you know chants from the crowd and whatever. We're talking it was it's apparently it was quite like direct abuse. Yeah, yeah. It I wasn't mean, like the on. whole the, the whole tilt and going no sacked in the morning. It was like a handful of people verbally throwing abuse like personal stuff you know no nah, you've got no time for that no time at all for that oh, i just want to just thought we'd throw that throw that throw that in there for sure um shall we move on to the witten kittens this week <laughs> the witten kittens <laughs> oh dear look look you you're just sat look you, you know dan you w- w- i've lived through the scouse manager in the in in the Midlands, you can you can experience the pain now. <laughs> in a year's time, um, Rafa Benitez or no, who's a better example? Um, uh, uh, Louis van Gaal is going to come to Blues in a year's time <laughs> and uh, lead us to the Europa Conference League, and we'll treat it like uh, we've won the Champions League. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, let's talk. So we briefly mentioned. Um, when we first jumped on that Villa played in Europe. I don't know if you know, Dan. Um, Only too well. Sadly. Yeah. Well, we've um, done we that had... before. We've been, we've been there and done that. So, you know. <laughs> um, we played um, AZ or RZ. I think it's probably the right way to pronounce it. Uh, in our third group game. So this was the last team that we hadn't played. The only team in the group that we hadn't played at all. Um Obviously, we said I said going off the back of the last episode, there was a really big game. We'd obviously ballsed up our first away game in Europe at Legia Warsaw, and I probably would have taken a draw. I think RZ were one of those teams that, when you looked at who was in the Conference League this year, that was the team that I looked at, uh, along with Eintracht Frankfurt, and said they're the ones who who could go quite deep into competition. Obviously, they're semi finalists from last year. So I would have taken a draw. Unai Emery said, I ain't about that life. But we didn't make six changes, which 
I am thankful for. So um, we were really, really good on Thursday. Really, really good. Um, it was the debut of the third kit. We've now won a game in all of our kits this year. It doesn't happen very often. So we'll take it. Um, but yeah, we, we're fantastic. I, two, a couple of standout performances. I mean, Leon Bailey, he's, he's dropped his socks low like a Jack Grealish. And all of a sudden he started playing like Jack Grealish. In the Villa Jack Grealish, not not so much uh, Manchester City Jack Grealish. But um, no, he was absolutely sensational. Um, he caused so many problems uh for rz and they didn't really know how to handle him um he should have scored about 30 seconds before he did score it was like like the old leon bailey where he was basically through one-on-one and either needed to shoot or square it and did neither of those things and got tackled um and then scored a superb goal an absolutely fantastic finish 30 seconds later which was a really difficult chance um but yeah, we kicked on. We got the first goal. Yuri Tielemans, we, well, a lot of us have been fairly critical of Yuri Tielemans in an Aston Villa shirt. He really hasn't hit the ground running and then hasn't particularly helped himself by talking in the Belgian media on international duty. But he played in a slightly different role and with slightly better players than he has played with um, during his his other starts in a Villa shirt. We really compacted the midfield in our sort of 4-2-2-2. So we had the double pivot of Kamara and Douglas Louise that we is our strongest double pivot. And rather than playing or starting him in that double pivot, we played him slightly more advanced um, on the other side to John McGinn. And um, the two of them linked up amazingly for that. Second goal, John McGinn put an unbelievable cross pass through to Yuri Tielemans, who had a bit of a dodgy touch, but he finished it brilliantly, just slid it under Matthew Ryan. Um, and so hopefully that's a, it was a great moment for him, and hopefully that will allow him now to really kick on, because we I think we all know Yuri Tielemans is a great player, and there is a really good player in there, because we've seen it for Leicester. So hopefully... You know, we've seen the likes of Paul Torres and Musa Diaby. While they may have started well, they were still sort of finding their feet a bit in the Premier League. And so maybe, or or at least in our system. So I think we're starting to see that with Yuri Tielemans, hopefully now. Um, so yeah, 2-0 at halftime. I think we were comfortable. Um, they didn't threaten us too much. They had a, an offside goal, which was offside. Um yeah, we, we we carried on into the second half. It just looked like every time we went forward, we were going to score. And that's kind of how we've been, especially this season. We have sort of been scoring for fun when we've really, as we've really sort of started to turn up through the gears in the last couple of weeks. Um, Leon Bailey um, probably should have scored a second goal, but it managed to get it across to Ollie Watkins via the goalkeeper for a tap-in. Um, and at that point, that 3-0 point, you know, sometimes in a game where like you can be like 50 minutes in and you get to that point where like, yeah, we're going to win now. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. You, I can relax. <laughs> you know, it's that, you know, those football cliches of like two nils, a dangerous scoreline or, um, but three nil, you're like, yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. We've seen it before. Teams have thrown away three goal leads. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure if you, you wouldn't have to dig very far to find an Aston Villa team that's done that. But yeah. And then, Again, um, Leon Bailey started terrorising the defence again and putting a lovely ball in for John McGinn, who just nipped in and dinked it in for 4-0. Comfortable commanding. We let a sloppy goal in towards the end, but which is annoying because we haven't kept that many clean sheets last year. You know, you look at the back end of last year where defensively we were fantastic and we kept quite a few clean sheets. Um, we haven't really done that this year we've tightened up the defense because i mean when we were talking at the start of the season we were quite leaky at the back and we were chopping and changing our sort of defenders around and um so we do seem to have we're not as leaky but we are we're not one a few clean sheets <laughs> um but yeah comfortable a really important win um I was then keeping an eye on the uh, the Legia Mostar game afterwards, 
It's like, which is really weird. I, I, I you know, n- normally like in a league game, like you might check the results, but like you're not that you're not bothered. De- not dependent on it in any way, really, are you? Yeah, yeah. As well as like maybe like every fifteen minutes, it's like, right, what's the score between Legia and and Moscow? <laughs> um, but um, so Legia came. I think they came from behind to win. Um, they scored late on, so. We're now second in the group, joint on points. But uh, the important thing to remember is with UEFA competitions is that it's not done on goal difference. It's done on head-to-head. Yes. So, um, and then I think I guess if the head-to-head is the same, they then go to goal difference, I yes, think. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, because I remember we, uh, I remember trying to work this out because the Euros, like you say, UEFA, Euro, the Euros works in that way as well, of which course, is pretty yeah. interesting. Um, it kind of makes sense, I guess. I can kind of see the logic in it. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, how many points are you on now? You're on six points. Six points. Cool. How many more points do you think you need to get through? Three. Uh, well, we got we got we got three. two home games and one. We still got three games. Two of them are at home. I mean, six points would be comfortable. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we um. Um, I remember the year we were in Europe, uh, which was the Europa League, not the Europa Conference League. Uh, this, is, this is the big boys stuff. Uh, we were on. We got ten points and got knocked out. But I remember everyone saying that was like so unlucky. Like ten points would almost always get you through. Um, it's kind of like in the like Euros in the World Cup. Like four points tends to get you out of a, that group. Obviously, there's less games. Well, uh, no, not not the Euros now. Three point three points will get you through oh, the yeah. Euros yeah. these days. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh yeah, I don't. I, Six points, one hundred percent will get you through. I mean, three or four, I can probably do it as well. To be fair, yeah, ma'am, four. I think you might be dicing it. Five, I think, yes. But obviously, we want to top the group because I'm pretty. Yes. I am. If we don't top the group, we'll almost certainly get a Europa League team. Um, right. You know, dropping Just down. And... Side note: I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, if we have, apologise for covering our ground, but um. I hate the rule in European competitions yes. of the teams that finish third dropping into the next tournament down. I hate, it, have we talked about this? I, I don't know, We've but I'm happy to talk about it, about it now. Yeah, I it's rewarding failure. It's rewarding failure, and it and the teams. I remember, like, I kept happening to like Man United. They kept getting knocked out of the Champions League because they finished third. They're like, oh yeah, we don't want to go into the Europa League. Well, off, then don't be in the Europa League. Then, <laughs> like, you know, it's like yeah. you know what I mean. Like, have teams in it that yeah. want to be in it. You failed, and you're now acting like you're too big for it. Like yeah. I hate that rule. I have really annoys me. Um, and and don't don't get me wrong. Like Sevilla in the Europa League are like you just don't bet against them, and their no. record in that competition is insane. But how many times have they won the Europa League, having dropped out of the Champions? Yeah, it, 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 I agree. It's and the, these teams that like have to work through the their group stage and doing everything to get into that. They, you know, have succeeded by getting into the next round and then they're playing another team that's failed and is in that round. I really hate that rule so much. I don't know whether it's just because we, we know uh, a couple of Arsenal fans, but I remember when Arsenal got, but the year Athle- uh, Atletico Madrid won it in like 2018 or something, somewhere around that, that sort of date region. And they, I think they knocked Arsenal out in the semi-finals and like, it just it, it was one of those where it was like Arsenal played all the group games, all the qualifying, the round of thirty-two, and but Athletic Atleti had been knocked out of the Champions League and went and won the Europa League. It's yeah, like, so it, do, it does seem incredibly harsh. Yeah, it, it's I'm not a fan at all, and I think I think almost everyone agrees on this as well. Not many people yeah, think so. in favour of that rule. Uh, but yeah. yes, big win for you. That, that just makes back to the point of it makes topping the group really important for us. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, at, le- at least that's the one thing they've changed with it in terms of the at least if you win your group you're not going to get someone dropping down so sure it, it, fair it, enough um, but yes and then obviously we had the dreaded two o'clock Sunday kickoff um, where we played Luton a game which I didn't expect to be on telly and a game that wasn't on television um, and to be honest I, I would imagine Sky Sports will have watched the the game or the highlights and probably been glad they never put it on television um it's certainly not uh this is probably not one that we'll be desperate to revisit in uh games i must watch again before i die one day <laughs> um but 
the first half we it was a you know we went uh, we were a goal up at half time but we really should have been more but Luton didn't have a kick in that first half we were really really good um in terms of how sort of how I kind of said in the preview last week you know I thought we'd ha- we were more than comfortable enough to sort of blow Luton away uh, not in an arrogant sort of way just in terms of you know I think Luton like I said last week, if there's going to be one of the promoted teams currently that will stay up, it will be Luton. Um, because they're, they're the ones that are improve, maybe improving the most since the start of the season. The other two, God. Uh, well, they they do have about... a goal sc- like They do have potentially a goal scorer as well. Yeah, Cotton and they've got a couple of good players in there. You know, Ross Barkley, you know, he's nowhere near the Ross Barkley of maybe 10 years ago. Mm. But there's a player in there somewhere. He just needs the right environment, I think. And then Andros Townsend isn't a terrible player. Maybe he's a little bit past. Yeah, is it Luton he signed for? Did, did I read that? Yeah. Yeah, three weeks ago he was punditing on the North London derby, what? and now he's playing oh, Premier League football again. Yeah, pretty mad. Yeah, obviously ex Blues Andros Townsend. What is he? Yeah, he had a loan spell with us um, under Chris Hutton. Yeah, do you remember when he had like a loan spell? He had like. 10 loan spells in like four years or something uh, mental. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we were one of, one of them. <laughs> oh God, that's a story for one day, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we we were very comfortable. We, you know, an Austin McPhee set piece masterclass uh, saw uh, John McGinn get on the score sheet again. He's in a great run of form at the moment. Um. But yeah, we only got up at half time. We took Nicolo Zaniolo off at half time. A player that, like I said, with Pau Torres and Diaby, you know, they were sort of, especially Pau Torres, thrown in out of necessity and struggling to maybe to get up to speed with the 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 Premier League or in the system. I think Zaniolo is one of those players. Obviously, he's there because Wendy and Ramsey are both injured. Um, and so we haven't, I don't think we've really been able to like slowly bed him in how we'd kind of want to. We've just sort of gone, right, you're playing. Do do what you can. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I think the jury's out a little bit. And I know there's a lot going on maybe because of the betting stuff. And, and you know, like I just said, I understand that he's been thrown into a system that he probably wasn't intended to have been. Um, so we'll see. At the moment, I'm not convinced we'll be activating a £30 million buy, buy clause. Um, no, I wouldn't have thought so. No, but then we'll see how things change over the course of the year. and um, So that's one to keep an eye on. But um, they took him off for Leon Bailey. I was really surprised, actually, because, as I said, Leon Bailey and Yuri Tillemans were fantastic in midweek, and neither of them then started at home. So Leon Bailey came on. And uh, was involved in the goal that happened like three minutes into the start of the second half, um, where Musa Diaby got his first goal at Villa Park, um, and at the whole end as well. Which you know, like Ollie Watkins has scored a lot of goals at Villa Park, but not many of them have been at the whole end. It's weird how that can just sort of how like a player can always tend to score more at one yeah. end than the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's always nice when you you get a you buy a maybe like there's a big money player or, or, you know, and they score at your cop end. Like there's something special about that. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once we got the second, I was fairly confident we'd go on to win the game. Um, and there was a point just literally like two or three minutes before we scored the third, where we were just sort of nonchalantly just knocking it about and Luton just weren't pressing us at all. Like they were in their regimented system of like a very, and it's like if they they kind of knew if they tried to press us, we'd just break through it and score. So they were just had eleven men behind the ball, hoping to maybe win it and then just counter quickly. Um, and so Vivekar Kamara just dinked it, just literally chipped it over their entire team pretty much. Diaby got in behind late and managed to get it across, and uh, Tommy Lockyer just put it in for a, a really poor own goal, completely muddled his feet up, and. But if he'd have left it, Ollie Watkins would have had a tap in. Um, you know, he's one of those positions as a defender where, like, he was damned if he didn't and damned if he did. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. And then, so we were at 3 0 then. And that, this is where maybe I got a little bit annoyed. I mean, the game was, was, it was 60 minutes. The game was over. I think everybody knew the game was over. Luton 
I, you know, like like we said before, teams have come back from three 0 down before away from home, but I think they looked a bit of a defeated team. They started to play with a bit more freedom actually when they went three 0 down because it didn't really matter. Um, but we really switched off, which was a little bit annoying. And I know that we're playing a lot of games in this midweek weekend, midweek weekend, but we did switch off. And we started giving the ball away. They did get back into the game a little bit. They had a couple of chances, nothing too major. But then their sort of consolation goal has come from that. And like I said in the RZ game, we haven't kept many clean sheets this year. And this should have been a surefire clean sheet. Yeah. And we've leaked. Uh, it's a really unlucky goal, like, but it's a really terrible header from Ezri Konza. He's just tried to dink it back to Emmy Martinez. Got way too much on it. It's hit the bar. And then we've got... I can't believe that if I had a pound down for every time in 2023, Emmy Martinez scored a known goal. But yeah, it's it just annoying we threw away a clean shit. And Emmy Martinez was visibly peed off on the, the table. Like, he was like, really, get, really finish the game 3-1 rather than 3-0 when you were 3-0 up. There's something about it that's just not, it's nowhere near as satisfying. There's something about it that's really annoying. Especially when you're 3-0 up and you're probably thinking this could be 4-5-6. Yeah. And, you know, and it ends up being 3-1. Like, obviously it's still a win, whatever. It's still a good win, but no, I totally get what you're saying there. I, I think the thing is as well, like, a goal for your number nine is the equivalent of a clean sheet for your goalkeeper. Yeah, sure. Um, and like, so there's a lot of talk, obviously, at the moment of Ollie Watkins breaking our our club Premier League goal scoring record, which is Gabriel Bodlehors. Mm. Um, but there's also Emmy Martinez's as the as the seasons tick on, is getting closer and closer to breaking our clean sheet record, which Mark Bosnich has. Um, and like this, I th- I feel like that that I th- that's definitely a, br- a record that he's spoken about in interviews about really wanting to break. And I think as a goalkeeper, where you're very settled at a club, that's mm. sort of achievable target, hundred percent. So I can see why he's annoyed that what should be a surefire clean sheet really yeah. is just gone through switching off when we were like three nil up. If the game was still one nil, we wouldn't have switched off. But because yeah. we were comfortably ahead, we've just leaked a silly goal. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, first world problems and all. But but uh, it's those little details that take teams from there to there, you know. Them, uh, yeah. And, 100%. Uh, uh, no, and then also for it to be like a late goal as well. It's kind of like just takes the polish off it a little bit. Um, but it's all in context because how many straight away? Sorry, straight home wins is that now? That must be twelve. Is it at home? In the Premier League, it's twelve. Yes, um, and then obviously we've got there's a couple of cup games in there where we have one at home, but it's all been ruined by that cup defeat. That at Everton, Everton game. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. good lads, Everton. Sean Dyche done it again. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah, that's so... Um, so where are you in the league now? Fifth in the league? Uh, we're still fifth. We are we are the same points away from the top as we are to sixth, I think. Right. Um, so it's kind of weird, like, because Tot- Tottenham obviously played the last game of the last game week and the first game of yeah. this game week, which is a really unfair on them. But OK, that's how the scheduling's gone. Mm. doesn't seem right, but OK. Um, but obviously they're the league leaders at the moment for now. Um, so obviously them winning on Friday night, obviously we're still early in the season and we're only like five points off of where it's like, maybe we could do a Leicester. So it was like, come on, we've got to win to keep pace with the league leaders at the moment. Um, but obviously, but obviously Newcastle who are behind us and Brighton and West Ham all dropped points over this weekend by us winning. We've just pulled a gap on them Mm. and it's insane really. Newcastle pumped us 5-1 on the opening day. We're like five points ahead of them now. Yeah, I think you're about seven or eight points ahead of Man United as well, which is just insane. Yeah. And they're only like eight or something. They're not like that far behind. Um, so, yes, it is unfortunately very happy days in B6 mm. at the minute, which is pretty mad. But it's funny because a few weeks ago it was happy in B9. And I think I think if we take anything from keep your friends close and your enemies closer is that I think we can look at the other side of the city and go, it can all change very, very quickly. The equivalent that is the of beauty the... of, it's the beauty Sorry. of live sport. 
the equivalent of what Blues did would now be like when Villa are like fifth in the league, you sack Unai Emery <laughs> and you get like, I don't know, Eric Cantona as your manager. <laughs> no. No, like, um, no, it's going to be like an ex-player. Who should it be? Um, like, not not ex-Villa, just a random ex-top a, premier a random, player. Uh, yeah. Like, um, Aguero. Aguero, yeah. Or, um, yeah, uh, Alan Shearer. You know, something <laughs> really right. Alan Shearer is good. Michael Owen. Michael Owen. <laughs> Michael Owen comes in as Villa. No, manager. not another scouser. Um, anyway, shall we move on to then uh, the upcoming games? Yeah, so obviously we just talked about that Everton game. It means that neither of us this week actually have got a double game week because it's yeah, League we're both Cup. out of the cup. Yes, we're both out of the cup, certainly. Um, so, so, will you be watching the was it the fifth round or the fourth round? Um, probably not. Although, uh, probably not. But that's only because I'm busy and I've got some yeah. stuff on, so I can't. But let's put some respect. We'll do. We'll do a proper podcast one day. Put some respect on the League Cup. We'll get into that. Hundred percent. Um, but that means we're both back in action at the weekend. Who have you got this weekend? Uh, we're on Sunday, so shall we go with you? Because you're oh, yeah, sure, three o'clock yeah. on Saturday, so you've got yes. the uh, the mighty Tractor Boys. We have got the Tractor Boys, um, and they're absolutely on fire. They've won every they won every game in October. Yeah, uh, they're second in the league. I think them and Leicester are absolutely running away with it as well. I know Leeds are getting uh, third now, I think, but the top two are just absolutely on fire. Yeah. Um, Kieran McKenna taking them up from League One and they've just continued on their form. It, it's what um, a job he has done. Yeah, I mean if, if, if Ipswich don't go up, he's going somewhere next year in the Premier League. He's been yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and I I can't remember the exact stat, but it was something to do with like uh on the Not the Top Twenty podcast, they were talking about like the gulf that Ipswich had on like the next team down in League One was like absolutely insane and they're just that's why they predicted at the start of the season that they'd probably go straight up as well from the championship to the premier league um so not ideal for rooney um, to have to play them and sunderland <laughs> in the next two games who are both in the top seven at the minute but um we're at home so you never know and i i don't like as i say Rooney needs to be given time but this is a really really tough game and uh, for me now it's about if we get anything out of the game, it's a huge bonus. If we get a draw, fantastic. But I, I think the most important thing for Wayne Rooney is to stop the rot. I yeah, mean, it's crazy to say. Stop, it's a crazy thing to say. He's only just joined, but obviously, yeah. he just he can't afford to lose. What he both games? He can't afford to lose both Sunderland and Ipswich, in my opinion. No, sadly not. Which is frustrating because they they are two difficult games. Uh, Sunderland away as well. But no, we need to just go back to basics, and we can we can do all the stuff that Rooney wants to do and the powers that be want him to do absolutely. But Rooney, Rooney has said himself, you know, we need to be picking up points as well. Though this under Zola, we never did that. Um, we just stuck to it, stuck to the principles, stuck to the philosophy, and it nearly got us relegated. So Rooney, uh, you know, I don't, he's not an idiot. He'll he realise we need to get points on the board. Um, but it's going to be really tough. One of pro- probably our hardest games so far this season. But I really hope he can get something. If I had to make a prediction, obviously I'm a Blues fan, so I'll make a. a uh, I'll say one-one. I think that's. I'll be honest. I do think he's optimistic. I think Ipswich should beat almost anyone. Ipswich only beat Plymouth by one goal at the weekend. Um, so hopefully we can. Hopefully we can get something. But it's going to be tough. Yeah. And then we play former European, double European champions, Nottingham Forest, in the, uh, mm. we won the European Cup back in 19X, Y, and Z. years ago. Derby. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This, I, I, have you ever been to Nottingham Forest? Yeah, I went for a cup game, FA Cup game in 2010. That have That is, been? that I haven't, that is a ground I would love to go to an away day at. Yeah, it's cool, um, yeah. I, I think, sadly, I think... it was a nil-nil I went for, sadly, so I didn't get to experience a goal. But that's... Yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely a, a bucket list away day uh, mm. for me, hopefully one day. Um, but, yeah, um, they've really struggled, actually. They started the season quite well, but they're winless in their last five. Obviously, their home form was what carried them through last year, um, so I expect a difficult game. Obviously, we've got no midweek games. It's going to be one of those 
weeks where we've actually got more preparation than we will have mm. um, in some of the upcoming game weeks. We've got some very difficult game weeks coming up as we hit the festive period. Um, so we're in, we're in a good run of fixtures at the moment where if we can be picking up three points, it'll stand us in very, very good stead when we hit a really horrible patch of tough fixtures in in december um but yeah i think we've got to look to go to go and win because they're in bad form obviously as i said their home atmosphere and their home support is very very good um at least that's how it appears as someone who watches on the telly um so i think if we can silence the crowd i think an early goal for us would be you know wishful thinking and all but if we got an early goal i think and just lower the crowd down a bit I think we'll be able to control the game but the one thing we can't really afford to do is rile that crowd up really because they have a good support and I think their players will play off that so um, I do think we'll win we've had a a couple of good away days there and we won't talk about last year because Gerard was the manager Um, but yeah let's talk about it What do I want? What do I? Ha- I'm going to be really optimistic. I'm going to say we're going to win and have a clean sheet. That's how oh, wild I'm going to be. What? Uh, going to two, two nil, three nil, two nil. Fair enough. Two nil. I think that's um, a reasonable prediction. Yeah. Sweet, so. Cal. Shall we wrap it up there? Uh, do you want to do the first line of the outro? Because I can't remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, please do subscribe on whichever platform. A podcasting platform you're listening on uh, and make sure you go and check out our two special second city story episodes we did one on alex mcleish a few months ago and we also did one in the last international break on hotter um very much worth every minute of your time please go check them out sure and if you have enjoyed this episode you can also follow us on twitter and tiktok yeah and why not leave us a five-star review while you're at it and subscribe whatever podcasting platform that you're on I've yeah, already but, said that line, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's been a long night. It's quite late. <laughs> um, our handle is at Second City Pod. That's at Second City Pod. Beautiful. Um, until next week then, Cal, uh, enjoy the games this weekend and uh, we'll reconvene this time next week. Yes. Uh, hopefully it's a good week and uh, up the villa. SOTV and KRO. Bye.